0: Hi, and welcome to the Inside Scoop, Advantage College Planning's podcast. I'm Lindsay Ringenbach, Director of College Counseling with Advantage College Planning, and I'm excited to introduce you to our guests today. Jen Kretschmar, Associate Director of Admissions at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and Jared Rosenberg, Associate Director of Admissions at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, are joining me today as we discuss the importance of high school course planning. Welcome to the podcast, Jared and Jared.
1: Thanks Thank for you, Thanks us. for having us.:. Cool.
0: All right, well let's jump in and talk about why high school course planning is important. Jared, why should students be thoughtful about the choices they make when selecting their courses?
1: So high school course selection um, is an ex- <clears throat> excuse me, it's an extremely important factor um, in the college admissions process. So many people assume that we're just looking at grades or GPA, but we're actually very interested in the courses that a student has chosen to take when they're in high school. Students who can do well in challenging courses often then translate that into success in challenging courses at the college level. So students who take AP and IB type of courses in high school typically are going to have an opportunity to experience the type of rigor that they'll see when they get to college. It's also important when you think about high school course planning to think long term. So sometimes the courses that you take in ninth 10th grade can also impact your ability to take higher level AP and IB courses in 11th and 12th grade. So it's always a good idea if you happen to be starting out in high school that you think ahead to even your junior and senior year and what you hope to take because that could influence what you should take in 9th and 10th grade.
0: Yeah that makes sense. So it definitely makes um, sense to encourage students to start planning even as early as the spring of 8th grade so that when they think about that freshman year, they are positioning themselves so that they can increase in rigor throughout the um, high school time. So that's really great. Yeah, thank you. And, and so, Jen, how should a student start to challenge herself? What, what are some of the first steps that, that she could do?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I'd start by saying, you know, we want students to be happy and healthy. Um, and so, you know, when they're thinking about their high school curriculum and and the classes that they want to take, they should be led by their interests first, because I think we tend to do better in the things that we enjoy, and so as they start taking the more rigorous courses, you know, pick those subjects that they're inherently interested in. I know students in high school especially sometimes feel like their hands are tied in terms of curriculum choices, and there are some requirements, obviously, that all high schools um, have put in place. But I think there's a little more freedom in there than, than students might suspect. Um, you know, not all colleges require you to take rigor across the entire curriculum. So again, um, if you're especially interested in the social sciences, then maybe you start with AP psychology um, and not take AP calculus. So I think, I think you have some choice and students should feel like they have choice in what they take. Um, And as Jared was saying, you know, start planning early um, and talk to teachers and counselors. You are really your own best advocate. So so let your counselor know what you're interested in and that you do want to challenge yourself as you go through high school. Um, And knowing what options are in front of you and what your school offers can help you um, come up with alternative plans if maybe your high school doesn't offer something. You could look at a community college nearby or even take an online course.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I think that helping students to understand that they are their best advocate is is something that I work hard to make sure that I'm instilling in my students so that they can continue to grow and reach out to the people who can help them. Um, I think oftentimes we just assume that Um, someone is looking out for the student and making sure that she's making the right choices but really it's up to the student to um, feel that ownership in I'm ready for that next challenge I need to share that interest that I have in this particular subject area and then that might even allow that student to go even further into the curriculum and dive even deeper into the things that they really love so I, I love that advice I think that's really great then Jenna, you mentioned at the, at the end there that there are so many different options. Um, and so when you guys are reading applications, how do you take into consideration all of these different curricular options? Jared, can you talk a little bit about when you assess the rigor of a student's curriculum, what, what you're really doing and how you evaluate that?
1: Sure, that's actually a great question because no two high schools are equal. And one of the things that we stress as part of a holistic review is thinking a lot about context. And that could be the context both in the high school and the context of the student's home life. But here let's focus a bit on the context or high school context as it may be we have large high schools, small high schools, we have rural, we have urban, we have public, we have private, and and a lot of people have this assumption that it's better to go to one high school over another. Um, And the truth of the matter is we realize that students come from a variety of different high school environments and we want to meet them where they are. Um, We know that success could be different in different environments or mean something different in different environments. So one of the first things we try to do is get an indication of what does the high school offer. Um, Some schools may offer two advanced placement courses, others may offer 25 APs plus an IB program. Um, We would never expect students from those two schools to have the same looking curriculum because one student had more opportunity than another. So we always wanna think about that context. Um, We don't wanna disadvantage a student if they go to a high school that doesn't offer much in the way of AP or IB curriculum um, because we understand they didn't have the chance to do that. Um, a student might go to a school where a lot of students dual enroll and take courses at a local community college. But if a student doesn't have transportation or may not own a car, they may not be able to do what some other students are doing. So we're always very aware and cognizant of the opportunities a student has. I do think on the flip side, it's important to note that a student that does go to a school with a large volume of AP and IB offers that we do prefer to see a student take advantage of some of that. And again, um, it doesn't have to be every course and it doesn't have to be a course in every area. Um, We want students to have outside lives and and I know we'll talk about that a bit more, but um, it is important that students do challenge themselves when given the opportunity. So while it's okay to not have much AP if you go to a school that doesn't offer it, we also want to see some AP if you do go to a school that does offer it. We also look a little bit more closely at the courses you're taking in specific disciplines. So when you think about the course or areas of academics, um, social science, natural science, English, foreign language, and math. Um, obviously, we're going to see courses across all five of those areas because most high schools and school districts require that um, for a student to graduate. Um, but a student doesn't have to have AP in all of those areas. Uh, and as Jen said, you know, we want students to take courses in areas that interest them. So if the student is much more math and science oriented, it's okay if they take more AP courses in STEM areas than say English or humanities. Um, But we do wanna see that students take math and foreign language and science throughout high school. Um, Most students that are gonna be successful in college and farewell in in a more stringent admissions process often have math and foreign language well into junior and senior year even if they've already completed what it simply takes to graduate. Doesn't mean it has to be AP foreign language or AP math, but just continuing to challenge yourself and take courses in those areas would be important. And to that end, the senior schedule is important. Um, Some students assume because we won't see their senior grades till maybe after we make a decision that we don't care as much about what they're taking senior year, and that's simply not true. Um, We know that senior year is a time when students really have the most choice in the courses they take. Most have completed their graduation requirements, save a course or two by then. So a lot of times students have a lot of choice to take an AP science or that extra math or foreign language. So we do put a lot of emphasis on the strength of senior year. Also because students who take a strong senior year and do well, we often see follow through into first semester and first year of college and vice versa if a student takes a weak senior schedule or doesn't do well.
0: Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for talking about the senior schedule. When I work with students, they're always so disappointed, when I encourage them to take their hardest (laughs) classes during the senior year, and they always give me the stink eye. So now I have it here on recording that students should take rigor in that senior year, so there is no reason for them to balk at me when when I encourage them to do that. So this is great. I'm going to put that soundbite everywhere I can for all my students. So thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> no problem
0: <laughs> fantastic that's great so all this talk about rigor and encouraging our students to stretch and to um, really dive more deeply into the things that they love um, why why does that matter what what benefits can a student see from that and you know wh- why are we even really having this conversation Jen can you
2: share a little bit about your perspective um, about that sure um You know, one of the reasons that we look at rigor and and what we're doing when we evaluate an applicant is assessing how ready they are for the rigor of of Carolina, in our case, or or higher education. Um, So we we want to know that they're going to come here and thrive. Um, And so a lot of people have lost sight of the original intention of programs like the Advanced Placement Program. Um, It was intended to prepare students for college. And I think it's become more of an admissions criteria or just a hoop to jump through. Um, and so you know we don't, we don't want it to be an empty criterion. We've, we've done some research here at Carolina um, to kind of test this assumption that always taking more rigorous courses um, is, is better than taking a more modest number. Um, we saw over the years students coming in with 15 or 20 college level courses in their high school career. Um, And we were just, you know, astounded. We don't know how students have time to take all those, but we had always assumed that someone who had taken more was better prepared than someone who had taken fewer. And so we tested that assumption here, and we really found that students who take around six or seven college-level courses, and for us that means AP, IB, or dual enrollment, um, they're going to perform just as well at Carolina as someone who's taken 10 or 15 And, you know, we've communicated these results to parents and students with the hope that it kind of alleviates some of the pressure and the stress that students feel, um, and so that they can focus on the, you know, the purpose of taking rigorous courses in high school is really to prepare you um, for college and not to have you jump through hoops in the admissions process. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's...
0: Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I think that's great. And I, I think that... Even emphasizing that over and over again will help students to understand that they're really in high school to um, prepare themselves for that next step in that way so that they're not just racking up AP points and AP credits. And it's really about the journey and not necessarily um, just about how many more APs can I handle and how many more can I take, which kind of brings me to the Go ahead.
2: I I wanted to say one more thing. Um, you know, uh, we aren't just paying lip service to this either. Um, you know, we've, we've had counselors and teachers and parents question whether we really have changed the way we evaluate applicants as a result of this study. And we went back and, and looked, um, and we could see a change in our philosophy was, was playing out in that, um, you know, students with more rigorous curriculum, um, had been, much more likely to be admitted in the past and all things being equal that gap in probability of admission was closing so we were all of which is to say that we're doing what we said we were we're doing which is de-emphasizing kind of these extreme programs of of 15 or 20 APs so people can can rest assured that if they take a a rigorous curriculum but they don't kill themselves that they are going to be competitive in the admissions process yeah
0: that's great Thank you. Yeah, and so thinking about that and and how we encourage students to find that balance. I spend a lot of my time talking with students about time management and Um, knowing when to take more and when to pull back, because it might be impacting, as you mentioned before, that their overall health, um, their ability to to sleep, and then also their ability to really thrive in their extra cooker activities. So I love talking to students about finding that balance, and so I'd love to hear your perspective about how students should find balance, how they should perhaps understand when too much is too much and when Maybe they can challenge themselves a little bit more. What are some of your thoughts about that?
1: Sure. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that I often talk with students about is each, everyone is different. And one of the things that we see sometimes amongst high school students, we see it among people in general, um, is that they wanna do what they think they have to do or what everyone else is doing to kind of keep up in, in this sort of rat race <laughs> of life, if you will. And, and you know we see that at the professional level, we see that at the high school level. Um, it's simple human nature. And it's hard um, to take a 15 or 16 year old and say it's okay to be an individual, you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. And I think um, when you're trying to find the right balance of curriculum um, versus extracurriculars, uh, and I'll put grades into, the, into this conversation too, um, one of the things to think about um, is, listen, what type of curriculum can I take earning A's and B's in that curriculum and still have time to do the things that I want to do and get some sleep? And we often see a student where they might be able to take three AP courses in one year and they can get A's in all of their classes, including those three APs. But a fourth AP would give them two B's and two C's because that fourth additional, that fourth AP class suddenly puts them over the cliff. And in essence, it hurts them in all of their classes because it's just too much at that point. And every student has a different equilibrium. Some students can take six APs and earn straight A's. Um, without much work. Um, most of the students, however, are not like that. They need to find that, that balance. And you need to work with who you know. You have your school counselor, you have teachers, your parents, um, you Lindsay, um, people who know them well and who've gotten to know them can try to work together to figure out what that good balance is. Because it also includes sleep and it also includes doing the things you want to do. Students who get to be involved in things that they want to do and students who get enough sleep and stay healthy are going to be more successful. They're happier students. They're going to do better in their courses. And so that's just as important as loading up, uh, if you will, or what can be perceived as loading up on AP courses in high school. Um, So I always recommend that the student go to the adults that they trust. Um, talk to teachers in those AP areas, maybe find out what the workload is like, what a syllabus looks like, um, and try to map out um, the amount of time you think it's going to take. Uh, And then go ahead and take what you think you can do while still maintaining those grades. The one thing I wanna mention too is that we, especially in a selective holistic admissions process, really look at grades versus say a GPA. So I think it's important too, where students often ask that question, is it okay to get a B in an AP course or should I get an A in an honors class? And at the more selective institutions, we will see students who are earning A's in AP classes. Um, But we do focus more on the actual grades earned on the transcript and the courses they've taken not the GPA itself. So a student who might be thinking, well, I can load up on APs because they're all weighted two points and that's gonna still give me a good GPA, might be fooling themselves a bit because when a university official looks at their application, they're actually gonna look at Cs. They're not gonna look at the actual GPA that those Cs are weighted up to. Um, and just to reiterate one point you know, that Jen said, um, you know, we absolutely you know, want students to have lives and we absolutely want students to pursue their interests. And I think it's important here that sometimes those interests can be academically oriented and sometimes they might be athletically oriented. If a student is a, has a strong academic interest and they wanna take a dozen AP courses, that is completely their prerogative if that's what they love to do. However, they shouldn't do that because they think that's what they need to get into a selective school because it's not.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. I like that. I I often tell my students um, and families that I work with that I really have two goals in this process. And that first goal is to make the high school experience as enriching and as full as it can be um, without thinking so much about that next step. I mean, obviously, we will always have that college opportunity in the background, but High school is four years and college is four years and that period of growth in high school I think is so important and I love the idea that we encourage our students to be themselves and not just compare themselves to their neighbor and think more about what makes them happy and what makes them healthy and what makes them feel like they're a success and be able to support them when they flounder and when they fail and when they do take on too much and then encourage them you know to take a step back once they've Kind of learn from that lesson.
1: So I yeah, think- I agree because I I've I hear so often from parents who say, well, their child is going to take five APs because that's what all of their peers are doing, Please. and that may not be in the best interests of that particular child.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just good to take a step back and really focus on what's going on with with that one individual student. So I love that. Great. So speaking of mistakes, (laughs) what are are some of the common mistakes that we see students make when they are planning their their courses in high school? What are some of the big ones?
1: So I think um, we've talked a little bit, you know, taking too many advanced placement classes that all of your grades suffer. um, Because while you might be able to tell a college, look, I took 10 AP courses if you earn Bs and Cs, that's not necessarily going to help you to get into most universities. They're still gonna wanna see that balance. Um, I think focusing on on only one specific academic area um, can be a mistake that students make too. We realize that you're not going to want to take you're, you're not necessarily interested in every single core subject area, um, but it is important to do well across the board because you are going to have to take, at most universities, a variety of courses um, to graduate across many different disciplines. Um, and then as we talked before, sacrificing your interests for more APs, um, what a student is involved with outside of school and keeping that sort of school-life balance is important for us because students who do well um, are typically students who are well-involved, who have good friendships, and who do get enough sleep to stay healthy. Um,
2: And another another mistake um, that I don't think we talk about enough is sort of um, along the idea of staying in the here and now. So we really want students to enjoy the classes that they're taking. Um, We see in high school and not think about what they're doing for them in college. So we see a lot of students that are um, taking 10, 15 APs so that they don't have to take their gen ed requirements once they get to college. But I think that could end up hurting them because college is a, is a time for exploration. And so, um, you know, just just enjoy the journey <laughs> instead of worrying about getting ahead um, and and getting a jump on your major because you might surprise yourself and find interests and in talents that you didn't even know you had. Um, another mistake that we talked about at the beginning, um, that's on the record, is is slacking off the senior year. Yeah. Uh, So I think planning the your rigor across your four years um, in a way that doesn't overwhelm you. Don't save it all for the last year, but don't um, back off in your senior year because um, you're going to be need to be ready for your first year of college. Um, You know, we do see a lot of students have trouble with online courses, so that's something to think about. Um, Assessing your own ability um, and discipline and autonomy and independence in taking courses and make sure you're ready for for the online environment because sometimes students stumble with
1: those courses. I think, um, you know, we've talked before that idea that there's one set schedule that will get you into college. Um, It's okay to take courses that are interesting. It's okay to take courses that you want to take, even if it's not the one that everyone else is taking. Um, Just because you might get a B in a class or you heard a course was really hard is not a reason not to take it. Um, Believe it or not, the majority of people we admit are not always straight A students. They have B's on their transcript and that's perfectly okay. They've taken a challenging curriculum. Um, Having two B's versus, three Bs is not going to be the reason you do or don't get into a particular school. It doesn't all come down to that. So take things that interest you. Um, As Jen said, when you get to college, you want to have that time to explore. It's okay to explore a bit at high school if you've got some interesting choices to take. And finally, you know, not advocating for yourself or pushing for more rigor if you feel that you can do it. Um, sometimes students um, will, or I should back up, sometimes counselors or teachers might suggest to a student, I don't know that this is for you, or maybe you should go ahead and, and stay on this track and it's okay to advocate for yourself and say, no, I I realize it's going to be tough. I realize I might not get an A in the class, but it's something I want to try. It's something that I want to do to prepare myself. And if I start the class and I feel like I'm in a little bit too deep, we can always change the schedule. Um, But a lot of times students um, aren't their own self-advocates enough um, to do that. And So we certainly tell students speak up um, and take control um, of your education.
0: Yeah, I think that, again, I love that that point so much because I've seen students who have changed so much during their high school experience that the person they were in ninth or 10th grade is not the person that they are as a late junior, early senior year. And so I think students have, have the ability to say, hey, I have really grown and changed and I am now ready for this rigor. So let me get out of maybe this track that I was on of just taking regular courses and let me go for it now because I am a different person than who I was in ninth and tenth grade. Kids change and that's the good thing and that's what we're all about, which is great. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate you guys joining me in this conversation. I think intentional high high school course planning is so important and I really value your insight and your feedback. So thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Thank
2: you. This is an important conversation, so I'm glad that you're um, pushing it. Yay. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you.
1: Thank you.